Welcome to the conversation on women and family business. We are WIFB, a global initiative that offers an opportunity to women from all over the world to share their thoughts on matters relating to the family enterprise. This particular conversation series has been co-created with Amy Katz, who is the founder of DaughtersInCharge.com, a coaching business that supports women to grow, learn, and develop in their families' businesses. Enjoy this episode. We're talking about mindfulness today. Mindfulness in life, the difference between mindfulness for men and women, and I would say like mindfulness in the family business. So Amy, you were just about to explain to me that for you, the definition of mindfulness does not necessarily mean empathy or any kind of other outward manifestation. So tell me again, like, how do you define it? The way I define it, and I realize there are many ways people are thinking about it and describing it now, but I think about the work and the effort it takes to live in the moment and to be present in a situation. We all are living in such a highly distracted world now. And I think women, particularly women who have small children, but really all of us are paying attention more to what all the various roles we play in our lives and mm how we can stop the barrage of information or feelings and emotions that can impede our ability to focus on a task or to focus on a person. And there's a lot of work to be done if you start to think about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that we all have to engage in when we literally have a lot on our minds. So mindfulness has also been connected to what I guess I would call body work, that Mm -hmm. paying attention to what's going on in your body Mm -hmm. as well as in your mind and where do you hold tension and what is getting in the way of your ability to just say, here I am at work, here I am working with this person, what are we supposed to be talking about? What do I perceive in the other person? But it's all in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think it's always been something that we've had to work on, but I also think there's more coming at us now and more of a need to do the work of paying attention. The thing is relationships are defined by a timeline, right? Like, so every time we meet, we confront the person that we've known for a while and that for all intents and purposes is going to be part of our future for the foreseeable future, it is really hard, isn't it? Like, you know, to truly tune into the moment because every relationship you have has all of that baggage, past and expectations, future. So how do I bring it into the moment with another person that I have history with and that I want to have a future with professionally, but in the family case, also personally? How does that work? Well... I think we all have some kind of histories that we bring with us into the workplace. So let's just start there as a, as a general observation. If I meet with someone, and I'm talking now about a non-family setting, and, and then we can translate it into a family business setting. But if I meet with someone who is describing a situation that touches me personally, for example, that I have 
some quick association to. And my mind goes down a rabbit hole of my own situation so that I therefore am not paying attention. Mm -hmm. That requires me to let go, let go of the personal association I have. So I can focus not, for example, on my spouse, but on their spouse, or on the project I once did that went awry, and not on what's this person's project that they're experiencing. So it's really something we all do every day, whether we pay attention to it or not. Mm -hmm. And I think mindfulness is saying what's happening in the moment that's important. You know, if you're working with a spouse or a, a parent or a sibling or even a child, mm -hmm. an adult child, it's what is the current exchange we need to have now? And I would say, you know, thinking about the future relationship that you're going to have is probably not as relevant. It's really what does this person need from me now? Mm -hmm. And or what do I need from them? And how do I make that clear? And how do I make that a reasonably simple transaction? Mm -hmm. But I think mindfulness, sort of an unintended consequence of all this mindfulness focus is I am personally starting to pay almost too much attention <laughs> to all the other things in my mind. They're oh, sort of rising. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, Tell us more about that. Like, I'm, I want to be mindless again. <laughs> this is something I'm so relieved that you'd say that, right? Like, because nowadays you almost feel it's almost blasphemy to admit that, that like, I actually also, I long for the days where the solution might've sometimes also just been to stop thinking about it. And and this is also maybe sort of a generational thing a little bit. Now, I know that my, my grandparents' generation was probably too prone to wipe things under the rug. Uh -huh. There was not much of that reflection or there was that reflection, but it wasn't verbalized, right? Like that much. Then my parents' generation some of them went a little bit the other in the other way and like sort of like went extremely into into that direction and the baby boomer generation that obviously if you look at the situation today it doesn't feel like a very mindful generation was behind building the environment that we live in today or at least maybe actually very mindful of the present but not very mindful of the future you know that we're right. that we're confronted right. with now and so now the question becomes is mindfulness on the rise again as a concept and as a discussion? Because we live in such a super distracted kind of a society, or has it really become more important now than it ever was before, than it was, for instance, for my grandparents' generation? I don't know. What do you think, Amy? Well, it's interesting when you mentioned the wartime analogy, because I my thought was everybody is fighting a battle in some mm. way mm. that what to do is less a question. And this is just my sense. Fortunately, I haven't lived directly through war, but there's sort of an urgency and a connection and a, we have work to do that I think gets activated. But part of what you're saying reminded me of a meeting that I was in with a group, an interge intergenerational group of women. Mm. And we were asked to tell our story a personal story related to, to some social concern. Mm. And the young women were extremely open 
and the women who were more baby boomers and beyond were not comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I talked about it with a younger woman afterwards. She said, you know, you, you got to understand my generation just puts it all out there. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's so much out there, not only digitally, but emotionally. And, and people are, because of that digital world, activated a lot. That mindfulness is being touted as a way to almost protect oneself. Some of that activation can just be another form of cognitive work we're all involved in. Mm-hmm. And as we start to focus on diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. and our awareness is heightened in a variety of areas now, I think that too it has heightened the need to be mindful of what I'm saying and how yeah. I'm saying it. And it, we're a little bit less, less free to just, what's the work? What do I got to do today? What do you yeah. got to do? You yeah. know, so in some ways, I'm, I guess I'm saying maybe we need to pay less attention to our minds and our feelings and just more attention to being happily superficial in getting a job done, at least in a workplace. Well, let's put it this way. Happily superficial, maybe the right word here is content. I think that I do agree with you. And I actually do think that a lot of people today suffer needlessly because way too much weight is put onto things and thoughts and behaviors that are quite frankly perfectly normal to go through. The ups and downs that are actually quite within the norm get maybe blown out of proportion. And I'm not entirely sure, Amy, if this is because we live, maybe we have become more narcissistic as a society, you know, like we're we're more obsessed with what's happening within us, like, you know, and we we bestow less care on on the people around us. And so we, we are less distracted, truly. We do have more time to think about these things. But then I do think there's an actual demographic factor at play here. And I'm sorry to keep on coming back to generations and demographics and psycho characteristics. But, you know, that side of it fascinates me, too, because, of course, we live in a world that is immensely overpopulated. We do have to become more mindful, of course. We do have to be more in the moment with other people to make relationships work, because the denser the population becomes, the less we have the luxury for misunderstandings and disharmony because you know the the consequences are disastrous as we can see every day so that's that's maybe more of a philosophical way of looking at it but that might also have something to do with the fact that people feel the need to promote this discussion more today than than ever before i also think like the interest there's an interesting conversation maybe to be had between like what mindfulness means to a woman and what mindfulness means to a man i feel like there's a confusion about empowering women is not necessarily about like, you know, equating us entirely to men, right? Like sometimes it's also about highlighting the differences without weakening either of the genders, I would say. Men and women tend to have very different approaches. So I was just wondering what you thought about whether mindfulness is one of those things that we as men and women really experience vastly differently. I think we do. I think it's as you were talking and I was thinking about what you were saying, my immediate association was to my husband. And I think, yes, there are many differences on what are, what's on women's minds. 
mm-hmm. versus what's on men's minds. Mm-hmm. But I also think there can be an over generalization about women thinking all the time about someone's feelings mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because obviously that's not true <laughs> it's not true right and when I meet a woman and she describes herself and she says I'm just very direct I like to get the job done I'm completely intrigued <laughs> and um, yeah. I, I just think there is a, a lot we can learn from each other as women about how we handle what's in our mind on a particular day. And I do think that link between mindfulness and empathy and the the value that's being placed on empathy, I think is almost something more for men to start to include and Mm -hmm. for women perhaps less, but that's probably as far as I can go in even speculating about about the difference. Yeah, of course. I mean, we actually technically need a man in this conversation to make it truly fair, I would say, to make it truly something where we can join perspectives. It's a good lesson for us to never ask the, the difference between men and women question without a male presence as well, right. because it would actually be quite interesting to understand. But so now, I mean, we both know this, Amy, I think anyone listening to this knows or, or reading this knows that mindfulness as a concept and as something that is being taught to us. So has emerged very strongly over the last few years. It's very in vogue. And there's always reasons for that, right? Like, and, But what interests me, particularly, I think, as an entrepreneur, is that it's become a huge discussion in the workplace. So we're really not just talking mindfulness in just your, your private life or in your family life. It's become massive in the workplace, and it's become huge for leadership and leadership style in business. Now, for me, this, this has been a very interesting thing to watch because, well, I'm, I'm for instance, like to, to take the personal example like you just did before, I'm someone who was born with zero patience and anyone uh-huh. who knows me can attest to that. It's true. Um, but I am, I am truly aware and grateful for a time where there is a lot of material for me to consult as to how I can outgrow my own limitations in that regard and make the workplace an environment that allows different characters to thrive and I do think that is a good thing that has come in with the mindfulness discussion or like you know with the you know leaders must serve sort of a discussion I think that's an interesting trend and that's been good to see because of course formerly we did only talk of business success in terms of quarterly growth we did limit leadership to how much is your turnover as a metric of success. And I feel like that is changing, at least from my perspective. I'm, how do you see that? Well, I think, and again, this may be more of a Western view right now, but um, just going with the male-female in the workplace situation. I hear men now talking that if they're going to work late and there's a woman in the building, they don't want to work late. They, they don't want to be alone with a woman in the building because wow. mm-hmm. of their heightened sensitivity to how things could be misinterpreted. Mm. So that's where I go back to a heightened awareness around diversity and inclusion is creating more in the mind about how am I behaving now? 
what's the right way to behave? What risks am I taking? And I think that is part of why we're seeing mindfulness emerge, but we're also seeing it in terms of topics that might have been called stress management in the past, or might have been even, you know, simply self awareness. And leaders are busy people. Leaders do have a lot of responsibility. Hmm. Leaders cannot pay attention and care about every transaction. Mm-hmm. It's going to be inefficient. Yeah, then that's the truth. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but but I think what mind the words that mindfulness has been associated with now are important. And one, as we've talked, is empathy. And another that we or really haven't talked about is an association with deep breathing. Mm-hmm. So being mindful means stopping and paying attention to your breath. I mm-hmm. hear that a lot. I think it's just how do we manage a heightened awareness in ourselves and how do we figure out how to move forward? Because I think it's added a level of complexity to work which may be important now as we try and become a different kind of workplace and society. But I don't think it's easy and I don't think it mm-hmm. I don't think there's a universal definition. It's quite interesting. I've been reading these books about how the whole conversation about where technology goes and the relationship between exponential technological advancement and human beings. Mm. And there's this argument saying that obviously things like artificial intelligence are supposed to take work away from us that lets us focus on the things that are more essential to us, that are more important to us, etc. Right. Like so that are and so it's supposed to heighten humanity. But then you read historically also why we see this accelerated rate of technological advancement and it's because the species itself and here i'm going again very philosophical but it's interesting i think the species itself is constantly pushed towards outdoing itself as a species we're constantly obsessed with heightened intelligence in ourselves or heightened awareness Mm -hmm. or just in general terms i guess just simply improvement So, you know, when you're saying like, you know, what we're seeing today, is it going to stick or not, etc. I think this is one of those phenomena where I do believe that it's going to take a generation or two for something like this to actually become common practice. Because until this kind of thinking permeates in most of the workplaces or becomes the norm, it's a big shift. The kind of conversation we have today about the requirements of a business leader than it was even 20 years ago. So... It's a totally different set of characteristics we're talking about. Future leaders are are totally different people than they were, you know, even 20 years ago. So I think we live in a phenomenally interesting world that influences the way that we have the need to develop these kind of skills. I do think, though, that anyone who's part of a workplace has their own responsibility to try and contribute to that workplace in a positive manner. And for some people... That truly does mean looking into mindfulness because there are indeed some people who have such a disconnect between, say, like how they come across or how they make other people feel that it is absolutely imperative for them to address this issue. And there again, there it is probably a good thing that today we have way more voices about this than before. 
and way more material so that everyone can find his or her sort of way to approach this, right? Yes, but I also think there are, <laughs> this, this may sound a little weird, but sometimes I think women need to forget their minds and use their voices. Yeah, okay, yeah. And actually for the employees situation in general, where people are so cautious and mindful of hierarchy that it becomes an inhibitor to, to the content of what they want to offer. And I'm not saying that the boss is putting on them. I'm saying they bring that to the workplace. And I think we lose great ideas as people try and be so careful and so cautious about speaking truth to power. So, you know, I, <laughs> I do think there are many places which are trying hard to undo that. Mm -hmm. But it's going, that will also take several generations where people can really say, I am, I'm just going to speak my mind. So it's mindfulness, perhaps. My, yeah, maybe, indeed. Like, and, and again, right, like it's what you're saying, like so multiple generations. And maybe it is an evolutionary stepping stone. You never know, right? Like maybe this is one of those things where through practice, we will get to a higher plane of some sort of awareness or something. I, I don't know. I was wondering that because it's the information age and also because if you think about it, we have way more information about the lives of other people today than we've ever had before. I mean, you and I today have information about how people live on the other side of the globe in absolutely remote areas of this world that we would have never known about. And we know these things in detail. And I think that this is also like one of those things where you can see it as a as an opportunity for us to grow as people is to to understand that then there's so many different realities out there and to be mindful of that I think I think then that adds that relativity as well right like that then brings it back to my mom calls it uh, well she doesn't call it that she usually just says pull yourself together which like yeah. <laughs> I find a very healthy response to be honest but like yeah. um, she usually just says pull yourself together but really what she means is like you know look we live in the world where it's very easy for you to put everything into perspective right like because you know so much about circumstances of others that when you start becoming too obsessed with your own thoughts it's fairly easy to say like you know but you know, compare yourself to another reality and like things don't look, you know, there's no need to obsess about the current situation. I think so that's an advantage. But then, you know, we, we might have to evolve a bit further in order to properly take advantage, I guess, of the information that's available to us and to maybe also push the mindfulness conversation a bit forward, as you suggest as well, like, you know, towards a direction that is maybe more more realistic, like, you know, more applicable to everyone, I guess. Yeah, and, and this... I mean, I think this concept and, and mindfulness as a practice has emerged for certain reasons in our cultures. Mm -hmm. But as you point out, this is not going on in every culture by any means. Yeah. And we are, I think, in a moment of real transition and the need to practice new ways of being at work mm -hmm. is, you know, it's around us. Yeah. So, and the pull yourself together, I, I think that's really good advice. I know, right? I love it. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of, yeah, it's sort of, sort of, it, it's okay. Just move forward. Yeah, and exactly. Doing, 
you know, my my father would have said, develop a thicker skin. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Be, you know, because if I get if I got consumed by feelings and hurt or whatever, and and maybe that was a more of a male perspective, but that notion, yes, this is going on. You know, all of those things that we get agitated about work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have to move forward. I think if we view mindfulness as a respite opportunity, mm-hmm. I think that's perhaps a healthy way to view it. But it's, you know, it's not something to worry about in every transaction. Or we'll all go crazy. I couldn't have ended this conversation on a better note. To learn more about Amy Katz's work with Daughters in Charge, go to daughtersincharge.com and subscribe to her newsletter or get in touch with Amy directly. To stay in touch with the WIFB community, go to womeninfamilybusiness.org and subscribe to our newsletter for updates on the newest articles and interviews.